from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. There is a written standard for each breed of dogs that covers all their physical characteristics from the tip of their nose to the tip of their tail. You're looking for the best example of that breed. So uh, if in fact they would be shy, you might uh, take that under consideration, but slightly ill-behaved, no. (laughs) Well, as a terrier person, I feel like slightly ill-behaved may be part of it. I'm Sarah Fenske. The Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show returns this weekend after a four-month pandemic-induced delay. And William Potter is ready. The Ferguson resident is judging what I personally consider the most critical of breeds, the Terrier Group. After all... God loves a terrier. Yes, he does. God loves a terrier. That's because small, sturdy, bright, and true. They give their love to you. God didn't miss a stitch. Be it dog or be it bitch. When he made the Norwich merrier with its cute little derriere. Yes, God loves a terrier. That, of course, is from Christopher Guest's mockumentary, Best in Show. And now you are going to have that song in your head for the rest of the day. I guarantee it. But I think it expresses what a lot of us feel about our terriers. And joining us today to explain what goes into judging a breed and how he plans to wield this mighty responsibility is William Potter. Bill, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. So, Bill, this is the second time you've been chosen to judge the Terrier Group at the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. Does getting asked to come back, does that mean you did something right the first time? Well, I would hope so. I uh, felt very, very honored to be invited once, let alone twice. I mean, this is a big honor within the dog community. Take us back to nine years ago when you last judged the Terriers. Were, Were you super nervous going into the show? Yes, I was. Uh, the show is normally at Madison Square Garden, which is filled with spectators and all the people who have had their dogs entered at the show. And it is all live on national television, which is somewhat different than most dog or any other dog show. So the, you, there's that pressure that... Uh, of being observed on national television, plus all of those spectators live. So, uh, yes. <laughs> and, and probably a lot of armchair experts second-guessing you there. Who did you choose nine years ago when you were judging the Terriers? A Carrie Blue that was uh, a bitch that had been uh, imported from Ireland. And so did this Carrie Blue end up going all the way? Did she win Best in Show? No, she did not. A Pekingese won Best in Show that year. Those toy dogs. Did you feel robbed? No. (laughs) You took it with grace. I'm I'm not willing to take it with grace. I I felt very happy with what I had done. And um, there were seven different dogs that were all very 
beautiful examples of their breed. So there were no losers. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that. I think for those of us watching at home who aren't that familiar with dog shows, it can all seem so arbitrary. All these dogs are so cute. What could they possibly be judging on? So what are you looking for as you're assessing these various terriers and, and trying to decide who goes on? There is a written standard for each breed of dogs that covers all their physical characteristics from the tip of their nose to the tip of their tail, and you need to be aware of those. And at the breed level, when you're judging a number of dogs of one breed, you're looking for the best example of that breed to award uh, best of breed. When you're judging the group, you are judging which one of those animals is the best example of its breed compared to the best example of the other breeds. So that's complicated. And I I think you told me there are 32 different terrier breeds. Is that right? That is correct. And so you have to have all of these standards in your head, and then you're judging them against each other in real time. Coming in, do you know which of the breeds you're going to be confronted with that day, or do you have to have all 32 set to go? Normally at Westminster, you will have examples of all 32 breeds. So how do you possibly keep that all straight in your head? You spend a lot of time familiarizing yourself with those standards. Every time I judge a show, I go over the standards, read them for each breed that I will face on that day. So I have read those standards and have experienced judging those breeds for a number of years. Um, But I still go back each time and look at each word in those standards to make sure that I remember everything that is important and critical in the evaluation of each of those breeds. And are you allowed to bring notes with you there on stage as you're doing that in-the-moment assessment? Yes, you can bring those standards to your judge's table. And if you have a question you can go back and reference that that standard. So they want you to get this right. This is less about you've got to make this decision right away. They really want you to choose the best of this type of terrier. That's correct. So here's something I always wonder about as I'm watching the terriers up there. Inevitably, there's one terrier who's not quite as well-behaved as the other, and they're just fascinated by what's going on around them. And, and that's such a terrier trait. Is that something that you're meant to, to factor that in, and, and that's considered, it's considered a demerit? Uh, not really. Uh, the terriers, you want them up and interested and looking at what's going on. That's part of their breed characteristics, is to be on the tiptoe of that expectation of what's going on around them. So uh, if, in fact, they would be shy, you might... Uh, take that under consideration, but slightly ill-behaved, no. (laughs) 
Well, as a terrier person, I feel like slightly ill-behaved may be part of it. But I like the tiptoe of expectation. I think that's that's the perfect thing to aim for. How much are physical characteristics uh, what you're aiming for? And how much of it does come down to that personality and the poise they bring? Those that show themselves off, that um, have an advantage to those who are disinterested in being there um, because they will not uh, exhibit how they move properly mm-hmm. or well as those who are proud that they are there and that they are showing themselves off. And so that's something that's important. You want that that spark there, not just that they're going to sort of stand there mutely. Correctly. We're talking today to William Potter. He is judging the Terrier Group when the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show returns this weekend. And, Bill, as you mentioned, that is generally going down at Madison Square Garden. That is not the case this year. They're doing this thing outdoors. Does that present additional challenges for these Terriers? Uh, Not really. Uh, The Terriers being the... uh, Groups are being judged outdoors, but under a large tent structure with a solid floor. Um, During the day, they will be shown in grass rings, you know, rings with grass uh, flooring. And uh, terriers are quite comfortable outside. In fact, usually uh, they would prefer a uh, outdoor venue. Uh, But the show is going to be on the Lynnhurst Estate in Terrytown, and they have built a tented structure for the groups. Hmm. So these dogs will be ready for it. I will say on our website right now, stlpr.org, we have a link to the Westminster Kennel Club's uh, page for this. You can see this magnificent estate. It also has information about um, how to stream this if you're interested in watching William Potter in action as he's judging. Bill, I got to ask, how did you get into this strange and wonderful world of judging dogs? I started in uh, the 1960s when... I was interested in dogs and uh, particularly Irish wolfhounds. And my wife bought me my first Irish wolfhound as a graduation present from college. Hmm. And I started showing her and got bit by the bug of, of, of participating in dog shows. And then we acquired small dogs uh as well as the wolfhounds, and continued showing up until um, just a few years, well, I say a few years ago, probably about 12 years ago, I quit showing uh, my own dogs. Okay, and then begin to focus more on judging? Yeah, I was judging and showing, uh, you know, at different uh, events, but I've been judging now for 30 years. And um, I, I just found it hard for me to go to shows and show dogs and then also travel uh, to various events to judge them. So I got to ask, it seems fairly unusual that somebody starts with an Irish wolfhound and ends up getting so far into terriers that they end up judging the terriers. Is that within the dog world an unusual switch? 
Um, not really. A lot of us start out with larger dogs, and as we get older, decide that um, it is we're better able to handle smaller dogs. And um, also, if we're going to have a um, productive breeding program, it's easier to um, handle smaller dogs than uh, the activity that it takes to keep uh, the larger breeds active and healthy. They just all need a lot more walking? Is is that most of it? Yes, they need a lot more walking. They need a lot more space. They need a lot more uh, food. And you need a lot more to travel with them. Hmm, that does make it's sense. Not... You you can whisk a, a terrier maybe um, in and out of a plane in a way you can't with an Irish wolfhound. That is correct. So, Bill, I also have to ask you, I played a, played a brief audio clip earlier from the mockumentary Best in Show. You told me that your daughter has her response down pat when people ask her about this film. What does she say? She says, it's not funny. That was my childhood. And is she right about that? Or are you that into your terriers? Uh, not really. She she was never that active in the dog shows. She never got interested in showing dogs, unlike a lot of children that are of parents who are involved in dog shows. But she met and spent time with me at various dog shows. So yes, she uh, um, she developed that opinion um, over a over a great part of her of her childhood. And are you disappointed that she hasn't followed in your footsteps? No, not really. I uh, she has her own dogs that she uh, appreciates, but uh, she has not. Uh, gotten involved in breeding dogs are in showing. And overall, would you say you're a fan of, of the Best in Show mockumentary, or is this not, not a movie you'd recommend? I find it amusing. You know, it's, a, it's as if all caricature artists, you know, they take something and, and mock it and uh, exaggerate it. So I see the humor in it, but uh, it... Uh, I I do enjoy it, yes, but uh, it's not one of my favorite (laughs) movies. So something that is one of your favorites, i got to ask in just our final minute here, um, what makes the Smooth Fox Terrier such a good terrier? I understand that's your terrier of choice. Yes, that's my terrier of choice. Uh, I love their clean lines, um, their um, sharp expressions, and and features, uh, and they are very responsive uh, to training and um, very clean and active. Well, that's a great recommendation there. The Smooth Fox Terrier, if you're looking for a new dog, uh, Bill has a recommendation. Well, William Potter, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Wish you the best of luck this weekend as you head to Terrytown, New York. Okay, thank you very much. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here.
Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.